You're listening to the One Girl Show podcast. Okay, okay. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I would just advise you guys to go get your popcorn and your tea because this one's going to be a little bit juicy. Today, we're going to be talking about monetizing your social media, my favorite and least favorite parts about social media, being walked all over as a TikToker because it's so common, influencer scams and brand scams. So, I'm going to start talking about monetizing your social media. We're just going to jump right on into it so I'm not rambling the whole episode. Monetizing your social media. Brittany Lee Saunders did a great episode about this. I talked about it in the last episode. So if you want more in-depth to talk about it, go check out hers. Her podcast is a whole lot of BS. Um, But what I want to start off with is, you know how you tell someone like there's a whole stigma stigma about being an influencer you go and tell someone you're an influencer and people are like oh yuck you promote product but I want to know what is so different about being an influencer versus you know tv ads I know there are professional actors working on there but I'm going to explain it more in depth so for an advertisement you need to have an actor you know lots of production a rent, like rent is set out for it, depending on where you are. And it costs a whole lot of money. Like you have makeup, hair, so much money. Let's say a minimum, like $10,000 you spend on that ad. Plus there's money to actually have a play on the TV. It costs a lot of money versus having an influencer. The influencer does their own hair and makeup. They go to the set themselves maybe they add a small fee on top because maybe they're going to use the set for some other content during the day too Um, get like a bulk session of content out at this one location and they shoot it on their own phone or their own camera they edit it send it off and it costs a fraction of the price so it's smart marketing really getting influencers to do it and it's more personal so it's very smart But let's say I personally, I only promote products that I have tried before or um, I try it first and then promote it after. Once I've said like, yes, it has my seal of approval. I like it. Let's continue this collab. Um, But yes, there are people who promote really scammy products or have never tried stuff. Like let's say the clothes are see-through or they're just horrible quality and they have promoted it because money talks. Um, but what is the difference between it on the TV versus just seeing it through your feed? I think it's better having influencers promote something rather than on TV because on TV they've made stuff look so perfect. Like a Hungry Jack's Burger doesn't look like a Hungry Jack's Burger on the TV. Like in real life, it doesn't look real. It's fake. But if you go to a Hungry Jack's and get it, like usually the influencer goes and buys the burger itself and then shows it in the ad and eats it like as a review. So you're actually getting the real deal with an influencer unless there's a whole scammy thing behind the scenes. But that's very, very rare. Yeah, so there's the whole stigma around monetizing your social media account. And I don't get what the big deal is. If you're already wearing Gymshark, you might as well get paid for wearing it. Um, If you love the brand, I don't see why you wouldn't want to get paid by the brand or have direct contact to the brand anyways, like for PR packages even. I think it's so great that people are making a career out of this. And I want to say that you can actually monetize your social media, even if you have a thousand followers. 
what you can do is you can start reaching out to brands, maybe even just start doing PR. And if they really enjoy it, and if you really enjoy it, maybe even start talking about doing paid work. Have your budget or how much money like you'd like for one post. It doesn't hurt anyone asking. The worst thing that can happen is that they say no because these brands work with lots of influencers. So they're used to people asking for work. But if you start off saying like, let's do PR, um, let's do a gifted collab and then see where we will go from there. So most of the time I've done this method, I have been paid after that, like done paid work following the gifted post. Um, But it just depends if that's what you want to do, if that's the path you want to take. Lots of the time, maybe we work out a deal where they want to just pay me for the ad usage, which is also really, really great because they pay TikTok to boost your video for you. So you don't really have to do it. And it's great. Like it gives you a bit more exposure as well. Um, I am going to say there are other ways to monetize your account. You can always get management, like an agency to run, not your social media, but reach out to brands for you so you don't have to and do all the hard work, you know, write your media kit, do the rates for you. And all you have to do is make the content and submit it to them. So I know there are agencies like Born Bread Talent, Amplify, Neon Management. Those are just a few. I know there are a few others coming up into the TikTok world um, as of recently. Um, And another way you can monetize off your account, obviously, is a no-brainer to start your own brand. I know there are a lot of people doing merch at the moment. Some pretty cool stuff coming out with winter. I've seen some really cool hoodies and, like, beanies coming out. Um, I've been enjoying that. Okay, I think we've talked enough about monetizing your account. I'm going to get into my favorite and least favorite parts about doing social media. And I'm going to try and stay as positive as I can. So we're going to get through the negative stuff first. Um, I guess my least favorite parts about doing social media is I definitely don't think I'm someone who's meant to be an influencer. Like growing up, I would see all these influencers who had perfectly aesthetic feeds, perfect lives. They'd be going out every day doing stuff. And I'm like, that is just not me. Um, And everything just looks perfect. Like their house looks perfect. Their bed always looks perfect. They have a perfect diet. And I'm like, how are people living these lives? Like I can't, I can't do that. Um, but I guess that's where social media is kind of taking a turn where there's more real people online, not saying that those people aren't real, but people like me are out there doing, um, you know, making people feel more real in a way. I don't know how else to explain it. Like I just post when I feel like it, when I'm happy or I share some pretty sad moments in my life to make people feel less alone, but it's on my terms. I'll post if I feel like I want to send that message out to my followers without it being too triggering. But um, that is one part I don't like about it is I think it's what you what you would call imposter syndrome where I just feel like I don't belong. Um, and another thing is like I really struggle to make friends. Um, I have really bad social anxiety and it doesn't even matter like how many followers you have. You could literally just be a random walking down the street. And if you say hi to me, I'm going to crack. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I get really scared to ask people to you know do things with me because I'm also scared they're going to say no. Or I'm scared that they don't like me. Or I'm scared that um, they're going to cancel on me, you know, like last minute. There's nothing worse than like being stood up last minute. Um, and it really hurts me. 
and it happens often unfortunately um and I don't want to say like it's the influencer's fault because I feel like the same thing would happen you know with normal people and I just that's I just really struggle to make friends um I think it's more of a me problem and it's something that I really need to work on but that's something that I don't like about being an influencer because you never know people already have their clicks and I haven't found where I belong yet like my space where I belong um Another thing that I don't really like about doing social media are the hate comments, but this was kind of an easy fix. I put filters on my comments, um, most of them. So if it's a word that people commonly say, it's now filtered and I'll never see it and I don't have to see it because it really puts me in a bad mental space. Also, another thing is when videos go viral, usually the positive comments take over the negative. I have a really wholesome following um where it's just like women who kind of have the same body type as me I think the whole audience that I have are really sweet and lovely apart from the judgmental men sometimes um but that was an easy fix I put filters on my comments from things that I know will upset me if I see so I don't have to see it but every now and then there are a few comments that slip through the cracks and I'm like oh that really hurt Um, But yeah, we're going to move on from that because I don't want to be talking about the negative side too much. We're going to talk about my favorite parts about doing social media and that would also be making friends. So I said before that I really struggle making friends, but the friendships that I have made so far doing social media have been like a bond like no other. Um, Obviously, like I would really like a, a close friendship with someone that I can hang out with each week, but... To be honest, I think I still prefer keeping those close friends that I had before social media as well. Um, But I don't want to, you know, yap their ear off about brand deals that I'm doing because I don't want them to think I'm like showing off. I'm more, I'm just really genuinely excited about it. Um, And that's where I think influencers can really relate. And that's why I kind of want a close friendship with someone who does it so I have someone else to be excited with me because I feel like if I tell like my normal friends this they're not gonna understand and they're gonna think I'm like trying to shove it in their face when I'm really not I'm just super super genuinely happy so excited to be working with this brand and I just want to share it with someone um but another favorite thing that I really like is I like connecting with brands which is why I no longer work with an agency anymore because I like having that one-on-one contact um you get to meet people like yesterday I got to meet the people at Muscle Nation and it was really really nice to actually meet people behind the scenes I've got to meet the people behind the scenes of Gymshark and I've also got to meet Emily Hembrow who's doing Wildfire Shoes which was so nice um I just really like being there and being present and getting to meet the actual people who own the company or help run the company and I think it's really interesting to see how it works for them. Another favorite thing that I really like about social media is meeting the people behind the screens. Although I am quite socially awkward and I do apologize if I kind of run out of things to say and we both just have an awkward silence when we're in public but I do really enjoy meeting the people you know, that are consistently commenting on your posts, supporting you, and it's really nice to see them in real life and to actually connect with them because it just kind of reminds you that you're making an impact. You're not just 
posting video a video online and then nothing happens. People are seeing it. People are commenting. People are tagging their friends, sending it to people. And I always forget that. I always forget the impact posting content makes. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely forget that there's people out there, that people actually see it until I go out and people recognize me in public. And I'm like, wow, it's actually crazy that you saw my face from a few meters away and knew it was me instantly. Like, that's crazy to me. What if it was, what if it was the wrong person? I would have been so embarrassed. But I remember once, I guess this is kind of like my experience meeting an influencer when I was like 12. I saw Kurt Coleman at Pack Fair and I was like, oh my God, it's Kurt Coleman. And I started freaking out and I froze. So I can't imagine how many times that happens to someone else with me. Um, because me seeing Kurt Coleman, I was like, oh my God, ah, I want to say hi to him. But I just froze, completely froze, couldn't say anything. We made eye contact, but I was like, oh, I can't move. I can't move. That's it. Nope, I'm dead. Um, even though Kurt Coleman was kind of like this controversial Facebooker. I think he just did Facebook. Maybe he's an Instagrammer now, but yeah, I guess maybe other people felt the same way as I did when I was 12. Okay, let's move on in to the next topic, which is being walked all over as a TikToker. So I'd go, it goes without saying, TikTokers have a bad rep because of other TikTokers who ruin it for everyone else. So someone asks, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a TikToker. People are like, oh, you're a TikToker. That's usually the response I get. So I tell people I work in social media marketing if I don't want them to, you know, know what I actually do because I know they're going to say something like that. Um, But TikTokers, really, I feel like we're the bottom of the social media influencers. We're like rock bottom. Um, Maybe a little bit above people on Vine because the app's dead now. But we're, we're pretty close. Um, we get taken advantage of a lot because it's a new app. The ad stuff is kind of weird. If you put hashtag ad or anything to do with pay partnership, your video will not go anywhere. So brands will not pay you as much as Instagram will because Instagram goes to the feed, it goes to your followers. Whereas on TikTok, if they see hashtag ad, they're like, nah, not going to do well. We're just going to fail the video for you. Don't even worry about it. Um, So we get paid a small fraction compared to what Instagrammers make. And I mean a small fraction. I've worked so hard to get to the point now and I have 1.6 million followers. I can't imagine what everyone else struggles with with less followers, you know, like 500k, 400k. I think I'm the Australian average income. So I I can't imagine what it's like for people below me. But in saying that, I still haven't been doing it for long enough. And when I first started doing paid work, I only had 600,000 followers. So I haven't had 1 million, 1.6 million followers for that whole time. So for TikTokers, they definitely rip us off a lot. And a lot of the time I get paid more on Instagram than I do on TikTok. And I have 122,000 followers on Instagram, which is so crazy to think that I get paid almost the same on Instagram than I do on TikTok. Just makes you wonder like, why are we getting taken advantage of so badly when Instagrammers like they're they're blooming they're they're popping off they are getting so many brand deals I think Instagrammers get more brand deals anyway than um, TikTokers but yeah it it sucks it really does suck um, and it makes me want to go onto Instagram but I find people are ruder on there people are ruder on the Instagram reels and I really don't like it so. I'm just sticking to TikTok because I like the, the community we have 
and I like how nice everyone is. So that's just why I stick to what I'm good at. I stick a TikTok. But we're going to get into a juicy, juicy topic. So if you're a brand and you want to work with an influencer and you want to know if they're buying followers or buying likes, I'm going to show you how you're going to be able to tell if they are doing it, if they're buying likes. So I'm going to get into how to tell if they're buying likes. So we're going to use one of my posts as an example. Now, I didn't buy likes, but I'm going to use it as an example of someone who doesn't. So let's go on one of my photos. And you're going to tell them to send the post insights for three of their most recent posts. And you're going to look. And sometimes, say, my views right now on the post that I recently posted over the weekend has 16,790 views. But it has 2,810 likes. Now, you'll be able to tell if they're buying likes, if the likes are higher than the views because when they buy likes it doesn't count as a view for some reason um it's like a gray area and there'll be more likes than their reviews and that's how you can tell if they buy likes um same with reels that's a way you can do it without asking them to send insights it you click on one of their reels and it has 2,000 views but 10,000 likes complete red flag it's not a glitch they are actually buying likes um And another thing I want to talk about. Now, it is okay to have a small group chat with your friends to comment on your posts to help support you. But if you have numerous, and I mean numerous, like 10, 20 influencer chats, because you can only have so many people in one chat on Instagram, and you're sending your post being like, hey guys, I made a new post, go comment on it, go support on it. It is like not genuine, like not genuine at all. People make group chats, post their picture in there and ask all their other micro-influencer friends to comment on it to help support them and get more work. Um, and how you can tell if people do that is you go on their profile, you look them up, you look at the photo and you can see the ratio. So let's say, for example, they have 800 likes but 300 comments and the original poster like hasn't replied to any of the comments that that's how you can tell that they have some sort of system going on it could also be that they bought comments but if you click on most of them you actually see that they're micro influencers themselves and there are a lot of them out there oh sorry I just opened my Instagram but anyways you'll be able to see that people are doing this and you'll be able to catch on really 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 quick if you see that they have lots and lots and lots of comments from people who are influencers um and then Still a lot of likes, but close amount of likes to the comment section, which is worrying. So, yeah, I can't believe it's a thing. And as I said before, it's okay if you have it with, like, your group of friends, maybe, like, two different chats, if you have two different groups groups of influencer friends. But if you have so many of these chats trying to fake engagement, I just don't think it's genuine. Obviously, lots of brands don't catch on to that stuff and they get away with it but it actually really really sucks for everyone else that are that's you know putting in the hard yards um and actually gaining a genuine audience okay this is kind of a generic way to figure out if someone has fake followers nine times out of ten you'll be able to tell but let's go onto someone's profile and you're going to look at their profile and oopsies Let's look at someone's profile. We're going to use mine for an example. Um, And I also want to say that you can 
buy followers for someone else. Some people might be like, I really like that influencer. I'm going to support them and buy them followers, which is, (laughs) I don't want that, but it happens sometimes. Um, So let's go on a random profile and you'll be able to tell it's real or fake. And I'm going to give you an example of kind of how you can tell. So I'm going to randomly scroll and click on one profile. Okay. So this person, their profile is, I don't know, like I think their name's like Honey, something like that. Um, they're from New South Wales and you can see their photos. It's a real person. But these other profile pictures will be like a fake person. And they have the most generic pictures ever, like a picture of a chair, a picture of a wall, a picture of a burrito. And they have this really old Instagram filter on it. And I don't know if these are like really old Instagram accounts that they've stolen or hacked. I don't know. But these posts have been from like 2014 with no likes at all. And no followers, just following like 6,000 people. So um, eventually a lot of these accounts get removed as spam or scam accounts. But you can actually see when people... um, when people have bought followers because you can scroll on all of their recent followers um, and they are all the same accounts. They all look the same. They all kind of have the same vibe, like a picture of a chair, a picture of the wall, a picture of a random bit of food with no likes and they only follow like 8,000 people um, and have zero followers. But enough about the influencer chit chat. Let's talk about brand scams because it goes both ways. Brands can scam influencers and influencers can scam brands. So um, how you can tell if a brand is scamming you is basically if they only want to do gifted work, if they never want to do anything paid even after you've done a shit ton of gifted work for them. I would just cut it off there because if you enable it, you're basically opening that for the next person that they go to work with because they'll be like oh you see this influencer we did free work with them and they enjoyed it and all this stuff so um if enough people say no to free work then they're gonna have to get a budget out of somewhere and if they're a successful business they can afford the advertisement because that's what it is it is advertisement free free product doesn't pay the bills that's how I see it if they keep pushing for like Another red flag is if they keep pushing for extra stuff. And I'm going to share an example because this happened to me. I worked with a brand and I did free work with them. I did a TikTok video and that's it. Um, The next week they messaged me and said, hey, like, where's the TikTok video? And I was like, oh, it's here. Here's the link. And they're like, no, like, I'm pretty sure we booked two. And I was like, no, 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 we booked one. And like, oh, sorry, like we meant two. Can we please get another TikTok video? And I was like, Okay, fine. I cracked. I did it. And then they're like, oh, could you please repost this to your Instagram story? So I did it. I gave in. I reposted it. And then they're like, hey, like, we really like that. Could we also get an Instagram post? And I gave in again and I did it. I don't know why, but these are all deleted from my feed now. So you'll never be able to see it. But they just kept pushing for so much more and more and more and more for this one, like, really basic ass product um so if they keep pushing you for extra work send screenshots send receipts no you only ask me for one tiktok and show the proof case closed don't do any more work for them because they're just going to keep you know taking advantage of you um so another thing 
that's also a red, red flag and I'm going to tell you how you can kind of avoid it from happening is if a brand doesn't pay you at all if they ghost you after you've done the contract if they ghost you after you've done the work and how you can avoid this from happening is by having a contract set in place now sometimes contracts can be really sketchy so make sure you read over it and you have someone else read over it too um you don't always need a lawyer I guess it really depends on how much money is on the line if it's tens of thousands of dollars if it's tens of thousands of dollars then yes I would recommend getting a lawyer involved and reading over it overlooking the contract and then signing it but if it's just a generic contract for like a few hundred dollars or so then I it's fine but make sure you have someone look over it and see how much content you're actually doing in return for the product and for the price but I really don't want to scare any of you guys by saying all this stuff like social media has been the best thing to ever happen to me because I left my job of seven years doing working at McDonald's, you know, making $300 a week now to actually have a stable income. And now I can actually have my life changing surgery literally in two months. It's less than two months now. Um, so many things in my life has changed and I'm so grateful for that. But I just kind of want to share my journey with you guys so you guys kind of don't have to go through the same thing that I did um, or maybe at least be prepared for it. But I'm hoping like this might even get you guys prepared for if something happens like this or you can catch on to an influencer scam or a brand scam. You're like, hang on, I remember what Santhia said about this and now I know how to handle the situation better. Um, because I've been through a lot of shit and I don't want you guys to kind of go through the same thing if you're planning on starting a social media or starting to get monetized. I kind of want to help as much as I can just through doing this podcast alone. But yeah, I hope you guys really enjoyed this podcast. The next episode, I will be talking about my lipedema journey. So it might be a lot longer than this episode because I have a lot to talk about around that. Oh, you guys just hear Mocha then? She is a loud mouth. Anyways, I will anyways, I will leave a questionnaire on my Instagram about questions for lipedema. So stay tuned for that if you have any burning questions about it. But I will see you all hopefully next week in the next episode of the podcast. All right. Bye guys.